John chapter 15 from verse 7 says if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you uh, that isn't just the prophetic word that's just the words of Jesus that's God the one who can make all things possible is giving you a word right now. If, if you abide in my church and the words that are spoken in this church abide in you, ask whatever you wish, not what he wishes, what you wish. And it will be done for you. This is the day that the Lord has I will rejoice and be glad in it. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So you can't rejoice if your joy is empty. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. Amen. He goes on to say, you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you. you. Hey, you. you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you. you. He's talking about you. you. Any neighbor, choose anyone. Say, you. you. Hey, you. you. Is that you or is that me? You. you. You are my friend. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You, hey you, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Hey you, I chose you. And appointed you that you should bear much fruit. And that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you these things I have commanded you so that you, you, hey you, will love one another. Okay? Hey you, are you here? Um, before we get into the sermon, I just want to address uh, one thing. Okay, and this is family talk, um, and mainly it is to the parents and the 
um, their kids. Okay, so if you're not a parent and not a kid, uh, just listen to it because one day you'll need it. What I'm about to say might sound like a correction, but it's actually a chastisement. It's a pruning. Okay, um, and this will not be, uh, this I think I will keep on the audio because I think everybody around the world need to understand what our value system is. Now, parents, your responsibility to your children is to raise them up in the way they should go. So which means God has a plan and a purpose for your child's life, right? Uh, And fear is not one of them. And what I'm saying, I'm not saying out of frustration or, or I'm saying out of anger or anything. I really feel sorry for the parents who give in to the pressure of schools and exams. I really feel sorry for you. Because you've made a choice to believe the lie of the enemy and to prioritize exams more than God. And the reason why I'm saying that is because you would rather have your children stay at home and study than come to church or participate in the community that gives them life. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that your education carries less of an importance in your life. The one that gives you life, his name is Jesus. And by you acknowledging that your studies are more important than Jesus, you're teaching your children to live in fear. If you want want an example of somebody who lived in the church, whether there was exams or no exams, look at how I turned out. A lot of a lot of parents are like, Pastor, you don't know, you know these people, you know they put so much of education, so much of you know they have to pass 95, 96. Well, I'm 45 percent. I'm a third. Uh, what is it, third third class? <laughs> I'm, I'm third, not even second, third class. <laughs> you must understand that education can defile your children and can set them up to be successful in the world and a failure in the kingdom. Let me tell you something. The education system... And uh, the world, and we're trying to get them to get your first class, get your first, man, your first class is worthless. How do I know this? This is what Jesus says. All your degrees and all your education, nothing but fills you with pride. So in essence, what I'm trying to say is that you are setting up your children to live in fear and full of pride. Because of their success or their failure. But let me tell you something. In the kingdom of God, the kingdom outlasts, outlasts every education system. Every other program that, you're, that you are putting your child in football, cricket, basketball, all of it that you prioritize more than the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God outlasts it all. And the only thing, let, let me tell you something. You know, parents, 
we, when, they are, when our kids cannot make decisions for themselves, you force them to do what you want them to do because of your fear. And so when the kids grow up and they're teenagers and they start, you know, their hormones start kicking in and they want to do their own thing, that's when you'll realize that you set them up for failure. When they choose themselves or their friends above you and the kingdom of God, it's too late. Don't come for prayer. The reason why I'm saying this is you have an opportunity to show them the way that they should go. And the way is seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. And all these things shall be added unto you. Now parents may, I'll tell you, you know, parents make a choice saying, oh, no, I don't want to bring to church. Church of it is too long. We lose so many, so many hours. What, what if I were to propose this idea to you? Why don't you give up your job and stay at home? Right? You want your children not to come to church, right? Why don't you give up your job and sit at home and let them finish their education? Why don't you give up your business and then sit at home? Because the education is so important, right? You have so much suddenly, all of a sudden on Friday, they have to do exams. So they have to stay at home. On life group day, they have to stay at home. Oh, no, 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 it's very important. What you're setting your child up, you're telling them that fear, put your faith in fear more than God. We, the reason why I'm saying this is because of my message today. This is not the introduction of my message, but it, that is an introduction. But I really want to say this because as a church, as a body, uh, uh, we, we have parents that decide to value education more. Ooh, board exams. Board exams are bored, man. Your kids are bored. <laughs> Literally. They're bored. Like, literally. How many of you in this sitting in this room, parents also including, okay, this question is for you. How many of you loved your exams? Put your hand up. Put your hand up. You were like, wow, I can't wait for my exams to come. Why do we force our kids to? Amen. Amen. Understand? Now, saying that, parents, that was just the pruning so that you can become more fruitful. Let me turn the other side of the coin. Kids, the reason why your parents are doing that is because you are not managing your freedom well. <laughs> Hello. When the time comes for you to study, you want to watch TV. When the time comes for you to do your homework, your mother and father are to kick, going to homework, teacher's calling me. When the time comes, see, I'll tell you what your parents are really scared of. They're scared of sitting in front of the teacher. And when the teacher, <laughs> you understand, when they have the parent-teacher meeting, you know, you're an embarrassment to them. That's why they're like kicking you and hitting you and making you go and study. But bottom line, if, you, if parents and children, if you were to understand that the education system is a part of the kingdom of God, but it is not the only part of the kingdom of God. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom. 
Your children should be demonstrating Christ. Not hormones. Not, please listen to me, not back answering. Not backbiting. Not doing like, I only want to do my phone. I only want to call my phone. Give me time for my phone. I want phone, phone. You are addicted to your phone. You are addicted to depression. You are addicted to, to antisocial behavior. Hello. So please, get off your high horse, kids. Study. It's important. So that your parents are not running after you and you're increasing the fire of fear in their lives. Both of you can really do well. Please, both of you can do well. Okay? Let there be peace in the house. <laughs> Let there be peace. Please. Don't come to me. Complaining about your children, don't come to me complaining about your parents. Both of you sort it out on your own. <laughs> right. Is that okay? Because we, we must understand. We're, listen, please listen to me. All jokes aside, we're breeding a spirit of fear in the church. We're breeding it. It's quiet. We're not addressing it. So now I exposed it. And so now when you see a parent making a, one of these kind of decisions, they say it's not part of our culture. It's not part of our value system. It does not give life to your children. And children, your behavior does not give life to your parents. So we must have balance in the house. Okay? All right. Excellent. Let's pray, shall we? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you speak the truth and we receive the truth in love. And Lord, we thank you that your word is life. Uh, and we thank you, God, that... We are good ground. And so, Father, I just thank you that your word has everything in it. It has grace. It has faith for us to receive a harvest of a hundredfold. And Lord, we declare for every heart to be open to the voice of God in this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right. So today I want to go deeper uh, into the subject of community and uh, I'm going to preach from the subject of culture today. Okay? Culture. Say culture. culture. Right. Culture is very important because a culture is something that is unspoken. As in we don't walk around talking about, this is my culture, this is my culture, this is my culture, this is my culture. This is my. We don't talk about it. But when you walk into a room, you can pick it up. Culture, I do believe that the kingdom of heaven has a culture, okay? And that culture is a very inclusive culture. It's not an exclusive culture. The kingdom of God is not an exclusive club where only the select few holy ones are allowed. The church of Jesus Christ is an all-inclusive club. And when I say all-inclusive, I'm talking about you can be any color skin. You can be any size type. <laughs> huh? You can have any income bracket or no income bracket also. Whether you're successful or a failure, it doesn't matter. Whether you are gay, whether you're lesbian, whether you're homosexual, whether you are straight or you are slightly straight. <laughs> 
whether you are catholic whether you're presbyterian brethren sister in protestant i don't know what you're protesting but whatever it is whatever listen to me whatever human segregation has defined you to be you are welcome into the family of god you are included in the family whether you're new age old age middle age doesn't matter you are welcome into the kingdom of god somebody say amen okay so all kinds of people let me put it this way also all creatures all of it are welcome in the kingdom of god god has a kingdom that is all inclusive so whether you're studying or you're not studying you're working you have a business whether you are have a million billion dollar business or whether you have a thousand dirham business we're all equal in the kingdom of god it doesn't matter whether you're white black green blue yellow whatever it is that you are whether you are from the village or from the city special city or special village doesn't matter in the kingdom of god we are all equal and where it's an inclusive kingdom and the, and the reason why i'm saying that is because there's an element of honor in in which we treat one another see the reason why we create segregation is because we believe that one person deserves honor and the other one doesn't do you understand human humanity creates diversity based on how much honor they want to give a person or not and so they believe if you believe that if they believe that you come from the village then you are not well spoken as much as a person from the city so the person from the city gets a better salary than a person from the village hello oh okay i guess you're experiencing that so that's why you're not shouting an amen but at the same time in the kingdom of god whether you're a rich man or a poor man god looks at you as the same man yeah. do you understand whether you have massive degrees and all doctors and lawyers all that kind of stuff titles behind your name god doesn't look at you with all of that he looks at you as the way he created you and so each person that is in the kingdom of god carries in them a glory that deserves honor the fact that god has formed you with his hands he he has in he given you his breath to breathe that's enough reason for you to deserve honor do you understand what i'm saying so when we when when we truly honor people we're believing that that we are not better off than them see the way we we respect people the way we honor them is not by saying uh, uh, you know i'm i'm better off than you oh it just became very quiet now see because we we like we want a better salary because we want to be better off <laughs> well i can't i can't i can't live with the low low salary because you know there, there are people who are better off no better off doesn't mean that you deserve more or less honor are, are you with me i think i've lost you in that statement are you better off or are you worse off right now you're the same yesterday today and forever hallelujah praise the lord 
Please understand what I'm saying. The reason why we give someone love or give them honor is because we think we are better off. I choose whether I want to give you honor. I choose whether I want to give you a hug or not today. Depending on how much you prove to me or qualify to me that you deserve it. It's unacceptable in the kingdom of God. Unacceptable in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, we are all equal. We're all sons and daughters of the living God. We don't stand with our title and say, well, you know, I'm a prophet. Hallelujah, I deserve better honor. I need to sit. You need to come and drive me. You need to give me the best hotel and the best. No, that's all rubbish. That's just pride talking. But see, I'll tell you, if you have honor for someone, you are saying that you and I, we're the same. I'm not better off than you. In fact, we're both the same. And because we're both the same, I know where I came from. <laughs> That's what we're acknowledging when we say, you and I are the same. Which means that, man, I, I know Angelo, I know his story, he told me some of his weaknesses. And, but, but at the same time, I, I can't treat him lower than me because I know where I came from. Do you understand? We can't treat each other just because we say, well, you're Egyptian, you're Lebanese, you're, you know, you're European, you're French, you're, you know, whatever. That means that just because you're above the equator doesn't mean that you're better off. Hello. When we talk about, when we talk about the kingdom, the people who are above the equator who are fairer skinned because, you know, the sun shines less over there. Doesn't mean that you're better off than the people who are below the equator where the sun shines a little bit more. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you something. You know, Jesus left his glory in heaven. And he came down to earth and he became like you and me. See, when we honor one another, when we, when we love one another in a community, we're not saying, oh, Pastor John, uh, you know, he, he likes the stage. You know, he likes to preach on the stage. No, I don't like to preach on the stage. I like to be there with you. But just because the person at the back can't see me, that's why I have to stand here. I, I, the reason why I have this pulpit is because there's a purpose to the pulpit, not because I like standing behind the one. It doesn't signify that I am greater than you. Please. It just means that, that, that I've been elevated so you can hear and see me. Please. We have to come into this place where we understand that we're all equal, man. We're all bleeding red. So Jesus left his glory in heaven. And he came down to the earth to become like you and me. What does that tell me? It tells me that God couldn't relate to you unless he became you. You understand? God did not want to be almighty, sitting in heaven, all powerful, when we were suffering. When we were struggling in sin. Please, he came down and became like you and me. It's an inclusive. He came down so that you could become a part of him. So every time we create segregation, we're saying we honor this one more than we honor that one. And when we do that, it is not a value in the kingdom of God. You must understand culture, 
culture carries an atmosphere. When I talk about culture, Jesus came to bring a culture, a heavenly culture. So I'm going to talk about culture, but really what I'm talking about today is how to manifest the atmosphere of heaven on earth. So pay attention because it's going to be a good message that will completely change your life. This, we're still on the subject of community. I'm talking about all of us now. Okay? So culture is, is, is made up of values, beliefs, and behaviors. Please write that down. Culture is made up of or is comprised or comprises values, beliefs, and behaviors. Without values, there are no beliefs. Without beliefs, there are no behaviors. Without behaviors, there is no culture. It's very important as a church that what we're trying to build here is, a, is the culture of heaven on earth. Now, you can, you can build culture at home with your family. And that's what I was addressing to the parents before. I was talking about creating a value. For God's presence, God's church, God's people, the community that God has called you to be a part of. Create a value. That's what I was talking about, right? Now, if you take that value, if you choose to believe it, it will have a behavior pattern in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? That behavior pattern, ladies and gentlemen, releases an atmosphere. That atmosphere is carries within it a DNA. That DNA is the culture. Okay? I'll, I'll go through it again just for your sake. In the kingdom of God, the kingdom that Jesus came to bring to the earth has values. Can anybody tell me what are the values of Life Church Global? The presence of God and and people of God, right? So we have, we have these three values and we have other values as well. But these three are the main three values that really define us as a church. Life is one of them, right? We, we value life, right? So which means if we value life and we, have, uh, uh, we believe in life, then we're alive. We're not dead. Are you dead? Are you sure? You're alive. Right? So now, every time you have a value that you believe in that causes you to behave in a certain way, you manifest what is called an atmosphere. In that atmosphere is a DNA. That DNA, ladies and gentlemen, is called culture. It's like... If you walked in here for the first time, okay, when you walked in your, this church for the first time, what is it that you really picked up in this, in this church? You picked up something. What is it? What, what did you pick up? Joy. Joy. Love. Love. Okay, let me not ask the guys in front. Thank you so much. Fashion. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what else did you pick up? Anybody? Yes, yes, sir. Presence of God. Presence of God. Yeah. What did you pick up? 
Passion, yeah. Anybody else? Safety, you feel safe. Brilliant. Love, 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 love. <laughs> love, yeah. Community, a feeling of community, right? Right? So I want to ask you, did I, did we, do we really walk around talking about it? But it's something that you just picked up. So which means if you pick it up, you have the ability to receive an impartation from it. Oh, come on now. I think, uh, I think we were good in Thailand. <laughs> Are you with me? So every atmosphere that we manifest from our values, beliefs, and behaviors has a DNA. That DNA, ladies and gentlemen, is impartable into people. Which means I don't have to come to you and lay hands on you and I say, receive life. You can just be in this room and receive life. Do you understand? There's a DNA in this room. There's a DNA when we all meet together, when we gather together, there's a DNA that is manifested in the room. There's an atmosphere that is released. You can't hang out with lifers and be sad. You can't hang out with lifers and be depressed. You can't hang out with lifers too long and be sick for too long. You can't hang out with lifers and not have a job for too long. You can't hang out with lifers and live like as if nothing, life doesn't matter. There is a purpose that you automatically you get involved in. You start serving. You start giving. You can't be poor for too long. Jesus chose to become the worst so that the worst can become the best. What I mean by that is that he left his glory in heaven and came down and became like you and me. It's an inclusive kingdom. Now, when we talk about a culture in this church, it is unlike any other culture from another church. Do you understand? And it's not a culture that is, we are better off than them. Oh. Hello. Come on now. We're all part of the same kingdom. You can't say, well, my right hand is better than my left hand. <laughs> so culture is a combination of, of values, beliefs, behaviors. Okay? So if you create a value for the values that we value, you'll be transformed into the very value you have a value for. You understand? That value goes now deep into your DNA and you know that you're part of Life Church Global if you're not making a choice to rejoice. But the DNA on the inside of you is natural. I just woke up this morning full of the joy of the Holy Ghost. I don't have to, I don't have to work myself up. Why? It's because John doesn't work himself up in the morning. I don't have to work joy up. Yes, it takes me a little while to get up out of bed because I like lazing around and I, just, I don't like the light in the morning, all that kind of stuff. But once I'm up, you can't stop me. You can't touch me. You, not like as in touch me, you know what I mean. You can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on a... Yes, I'm fast. You can't slow me down anymore. Yeah, I'm on the fast lane, right? So the point to what I'm saying 
is that if Kelsey and I, who are the foundation of this house, have values, and we now believe in those values, and we have a certain behavior pattern, like you can't come to me and give me bad news without having a solution for it. You understand? Like I'm gonna ask you, what, what, what's the solution? Pastor, I came to you for the solution. No, no, no. You have the problem. You need to ask God for a solution. I'm just here to agree with you. You understand? It's a, it's a little different kind. It's a, see, this is the problem that the Jews and the Pharisees had with Jesus. He came to the earth with a progressive value system. Do you understand? They were like, no, no, no. We have to wash our hands before we eat. She's like, who cares, man? What does it? You just eat anyways. You're hungry. Just eat anyways. Do you understand? <laughs> See, all the coronaviruses now are like, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. If you have faith, if God gave us a word that says no virus will touch the church or the people in this church, then you said amen. Huh? You, I know you, I can hear you. You said amen. So if you said amen, now it's become a value. If you have that value, you have to believe it. And when you believe it, there has to be an application. You have to apply that. You can't walk around with a mask saying, no virus will touch me. You understand? This is hypocritical. You can't wash your hands 500 times a day. Come on, please. <laughs> you have, you, you must understand, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So every virus, even if it is in the vicinity, has to leave the vicinity. Come on, man. See, this, this is our DNA. This is who we are. We're, we're, yeah, exactly. We're full of life. If you're full of life, then your body does not attract disease. In fact, it begins to manifest health. See, the atmosphere of Life Church Global is one that is perfect health. So Jesus... In John 15, he's talking to his disciples. Please understand, Jesus came to present a progressive value system. And every time we choose the old, we're saying no to Jesus. And every time we say no to Jesus, we're saying no to heaven. See, the bottom line, what I'm trying to present to you today is that how to manifest heaven on earth. If you, if you want to know how, then stay plugged in. Episode number two. Let's <laughs> get all your Netflixes over there. Right. So in John 15, Jesus is trying to present now a value system. Okay? Because it's important because you... This is only... I'm just going to give you four of them... Um, but the, the whole book, this one, the whole of it is all value systems. 
Do you understand? It's not only the promises that God will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, no. It's everything. Every word in this book, okay, can create a value system in your life. If you don't have a value for this book called the Word of God, right, the spoken, the written Word of God, then what you're saying is, I don't want heaven. And on earth, Jesus made a prayer. I can't help it. You know, he made the prayer. He set it in motion. We, it's too late. That was 2,000 years ago. It's too late for us to try to change it. He said, God, my Father, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. We can't change it now. Heaven is coming. In fact, heaven has come. Right? He said, the kingdom has come. It is on earth. So now our responsibility is to manifest heaven on earth. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? We're not praying for heaven to come. We are praying for God to reduce the garbage in our life so that we can manifest heaven on earth. So the way we reduce the garbage in the mind, in our heart, is by having more values. Hello. Come on now. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So in John 15 now, Jesus is making a couple of statements that set our value system in motion. Okay? Verse 8, or verse 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, right? So I have loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in. Okay, now, please listen to me now. He's saying, if you keep my values, you will abide in. My fruit. Just as I have kept my father's value system and abide in his fruit. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. So which means it's not us going around trying to correct each other about our value system. Our fruit does it. Our fruit is what brings the correction, not our value system. Our values, beliefs, behaviors. Behaviors release an atmosphere. The atmosphere carries a DNA and that DNA is the culture. The fruit is the culture. So the first thing that Jesus says, first value that he gives his disciples or the people that he's preaching to He's saying, love one another as I have loved you. Sometimes we choose people who we think qualify for our love. But if we think that we are better, we're not better than them, then at one point, we will be able to show them that we are undeserving as much as they are. If... Jesus is saying, love one another as I have loved you. The key word is as. If you, are, if you want to love somebody, you cannot until you have been loved by God. So as God has loved me, which means I have to keep in mind where I came from. And the junk that he brought me, my God, the trunk was full. What he brought me out of, now today I'm in a good place. I feel loved. Thank you, Jesus. Breakthroughs are happening, all that. Hallelujah. But then there's a person who's sitting next to me 
that is my response, equal responsibility to love. So, but at the same time, man, I know, and, ooh, Maria's junk. I know those junk. I know, no, 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 no. I can't. God, give me grace to love. Is this prayers? We pray this prayers. I'm not saying anything wrong with Maria. But, but I'm just saying, we look at people and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Our self-righteous, you know, perfume comes on. And it kind of blocks us from smelling uh, another person's suffering. And so what happens is that it blocks us from loving them because we feel like these people are not qualified for our love. You need to, uh, Emmanuel needs to uh, be converted and come to our church, be baptized. And only then will he deserve my love. If you're from that kind of a background, I'm setting you free. <laughs> Do you understand? You don't have to believe in order to belong. You first belong in the kingdom of God. How do I know that? Because I did not belong to him when he paid the price for me. So I can't treat another person, a brother, sister that Jesus died for any different than how Jesus treated me. It's equal measure. He, the way he loved me, now he's not here. He expects me to be that person to them. Come on, man. You're, okay. You're living the life that Jesus was meant to live. Today, today, Jesus is in heaven. Amen? Yes. Do we agree? And he now saved you and gave you life, gave you his gifts, gave you his grace, gave you everything so that now you could live the life that Jesus would have lived on the earth. He chose to die so that you could live. Are we clear? But now, sometimes Christians have a tendency to forget the junk that God brought them out of. The unbelief and the stubbornness that God had brought you out of. The sin that you were part of. Sometimes we fail to, to remember those days when we look at people. When we look at those people. And Jesus says, you know, if you give a cup of cold water to, to the person who's on the street, not even in the church, on the street... He says, you've done it unto me. And we have a tendency to, to not love people as God has loved us. Why? Because we feel more privileged than them. We feel more deserving than them. But I want to tell you something. There's no highty flighty society in the kingdom of God. They're, they're very high. They're, you know the, the ones who pretend to be celebrities? Who only go to like top restaurants and we hang out with, you know, the cream of the crop. They don't want to hang out with anybody else. They don't want laborers to come next to them. You know those, those kind of people? Am I talking to some kind, anybody in this room? Do you know what I'm saying? There are people who act like they are, you know, top of the world. But actually when you remove all that makeup and you look at all the pimples on their face, right? When you remove all the false hair, the fake, all that kind of stuff, the fake eyelashes that you can paint a wall with, all of that, when you remove all of that, they look exactly like you and me. Come on, man. <laughs> now you know what I'm talking about. You know the ones who live on Instagram? Right? The anti-social behavior? 
They would not want to hang out with you. They want to hug you. You're they're untouchable, like on the extreme side. And these people, they pretend like they don't know where they came from. We were all birthed out of a mother. We were all in blood when we were born. We all have blood. You cut them, they're not blue. They're red. Do you understand? Jesus is saying in the kingdom, the value of the kingdom is that you love one another as he has loved you. As. And how did he love us? By laying down his life for us. So the way you know that you love people is by how much life you lay down. How much of your life you lay down. Wow, are you calling me to die? No, I'm just calling you to die to yourself. No, and not many people are saying amen. They're busy writing now. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? The second thing is Jesus says, you are no longer servants. But you are friends. Brother, I just want to serve in the kingdom of God. No. You can serve, but with the heart of a friend. If you don't look at the people around you as friends, then we have a problem. Then we'll treat each other as servants. Have you ever hung out with servants? Right? Have you had two or three of them in your house? Maybe one, two, three, whatever, it doesn't matter. And when you sit down and listen to their conversations, it's a little different compared to the sons or the friends in the house. Servants don't know what their master's doing. So they try to, little information that they get, they try to trample on one another. Ooh. Ooh. The little information, I got a little revelation from God. Ooh, I, I'm better than you. Ah. <laughs> Oh, I think I, I think I just stamped on something in the spirit. There's just a there's a dirty bug. It's like I'm better. God gave me a revelation. I'm better than you. Hmm? Wait, what revelation you got? Huh? Show me, show me. Servant. A son, a son in the kingdom. When his father speaks to him, he's so grateful because of the position. That God has called him in. He's called him to be a son. Which means my father, if he wants to say something to me, he'll say it. If he has nothing to say to me, great. I'll live on what he said before. But I won't treat another person like a servant. I treat my friends like they are my friends. I don't treat my, servant, my friends like they are my servants. And I don't treat my servants like they are my friends. So you decide what is your identity. Are you a friend in this house or are you a servant in this house? Because if you're a servant in this house, you'll start striving for the master's approval. If you're serving in the worship team or the crew team or the lift and shift, whatever it is that you are part of, when it's setting up the lights, oh, maybe Pastor John will come and give me a hug and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Inherit the kingdom of God. <laughs> Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know where I'm going now? Right? A son will be never greater than his father. Do you understand? He can do great things. 
will never be greater in authority over his father. And so for a father to come to a son and say thank you. Now we can say thank you to one another. It's absolutely fine. I say thank you to people all the time. But there is, your identity is not formed by it. Do you understand? It's important that you understand. My father doesn't feel the need to say thank you to me. But I know his heart. It's a difference. But a servant, when he's given something, say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, the crumbs that fall from your table. Thank you, thank you. Pastor, can you pray a little bit? Go up, little bit, Pastor. Just speak, just speak, speak. Just speak on the phone. Okay, Pastor, can we have a meeting? It's like, the, 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 uh, it's like a, a, a demotion in, in the kingdom. Sometimes this is how I feel. Like people feel, like they call, Pastor, can we have a meeting? Um, no, man, I'm busy. It's like, oh, shoot. Okay, can I talk to you on the phone? It's like one level down. It's like, if I can't get that, oh no, I'm, I'm in the meeting right now. Okay, can I send you a message? Can you reply to me? Because the minute you reply to me, it's like life that comes to me, pastor. Baba, that is a servant heart, not the heart of a son. Let me tell you what a son does. A son in this house, whether the father's busy or not, whether the father's doing whatever or not, a son at any time can lean into the father's heart and know exactly what is on his heart. Do you understand? A son of the house because of the same DNA. The same value system because I have a certain values. You believe those values. You start practicing it, applying it in your life. It becomes a part of your behavior. When you're in a problem, all you need to do is you need to lean into the DNA. Oh, no. You need to just lean into the DNA. When you lean into the DNA, you get your answer from there itself. You know exactly what John would do in this situation. You don't have to call him. You don't have to say, please pray, please pray. He's already prayed in your DNA. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. This is deep, man. Baba, I've already released your breakthrough in your DNA. It is in the culture. It is in the value system. It is in the value system. You must understand that. When you walked into this room, you walked into a cancer-free zone. Why? Why? It's because somebody said, this is a cancer-free zone. And because it is in the value system, now any person that has a need for cancer, just, just lean into the DNA. Just lean in. Receive an impartation. That's why Anwin can go somewhere and pray for a person and that what is on John's life just goes into his life and then from there, it releases healing into people. You don't need my time. You need my DNA. You don't need my attention. You just need what is on my DNA. That's the privilege of being friends. Privilege. Third thing, Jesus says, you did not choose me. When we choose to honor people, when we choose to love people that are in in this community or outside of this community, they don't need to qualify for it. In fact, if you want somebody's life to change, they're walking away from God or they're manifesting some other fruit, you make it a choice to love them. Let me tell you something, you, you want to, uh, we all want to bear the fruit of the Spirit, right? 
So when you bear the fruit of the Spirit, let's say love. Let's say joy. Let's, say, let's use joy because yeah, I really feel like joy is something today. <clears throat> joy, <laughs> joy is sitting right there. Right? So let's say you, you, you're bearing the fruit of joy. Jesus says, okay, your joy will be full. So you are full of joy now. Full of Jesus' joy. Okay? So now, guess who will come to you? Exactly. You attract people who need hope. You, need, you attract people who are super depressed, who are needy, who are suicidal. Let me just, come on now. Do you understand? You're not walking around going, oh, the joy of the Lord. I need to hang out with more fruit of the joy and, you know, more fruit of the spirit. Joy here, joy here, joy here. I need more joy, more joy. Yeah, hallelujah. No, you're selfish. When, when you hang out, when you have the fruit of joy in your life, Jesus says, okay, now I can send you people who need joy. And so he sends you people who are depressed because they need the joy of the, of the Lord. And when they receive of that joy, now they taste of God's goodness and they know there's something happening in this community. It's something different in this community. I walked into this room and I picked up joy in this atmosphere. That I don't know what it is about these people. You know, when we went for Sam and Althea's wedding in, in, in uh, Thailand, we um, super tired when we reached there. But I tell you, you know, life was already present. <laughs> they, they made themselves known. You understand? We are, not, we are not a quiet church. I mean, if you want a quiet church, I can recommend many in the city, but we're the ones who are the most noisiest, most rowdiest, most loudest. We're so full of joy that it intimidates even the devil and all his, all his demons, right? And so we went there, and one of the things that people noticed is that these people don't need alcohol to have fun. They, they, they just need to, they just need another one of them. <laughs> they just need another one, another one of them. They come into a room, finish. That's, that's the end of your party. We've taken over your party. You understand? So I, I had the privilege of sitting down and watching my message unfold. The sermon, my DNA, I sat down and I watched my DNA manifest through them. Amen. It, was, it was such a privilege to sit down. I, I, my wife was like, come on, let's dance. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm really enjoying this right now. Because I'm seeing the value system of life manifesting. I can tell you, I can guarantee you that the people who are not part of life who came for the wedding, experienced an atmosphere. They experienced. It doesn't matter what was happening in the wedding. These people experienced an atmosphere. And they walked away being impacted and imparted by the atmosphere. I did not hear our lifers going, sit down. Let me tell you how to become a lifer. Sit down. Let me pray for you. Let me, and they start preaching. They were too busy having fun. Literally, I mean, you, you should have just come here. It's like we just walk into the room, some after party. And we walked into the room and the first one to get up on the dance floor is the other half of my DNA. And then this one, his other half of his DNA. And they are 
dancing, like as if there's millions of people in the room. Dancing, pulling people up, and we literally, if there was no life present, it would be a boring party. You understand? But there was something that we carry that while this coronavirus happening, we party. It's literally, literally, the Bible says, in the midst, in the valley, in the presence of my enemies, I set a table before you. It's a value system. It's a part of who we are. So Jesus says, you did not choose me, I chose you. So when we talk about community, our, our, our value system in this community is that you don't choose me. I choose to love you first. Oh, I choose to love you first. Before you can even think of it, I'm first. You understand? That is the kingdom. That is the kingdom. And the fourth thing is Jesus says is that he has chosen us and appointed us to bear fruit. He's appointed us to bear fruit. It's an appointment. Which means that there's a position. He has positioned us to bear fruit. Which means you cannot help. If you're part of Life Church Global, you cannot help but be fruitful. Oh, I don't know. I, I would have. You cannot help but be fruitful, brother. You cannot help but you can sing your sad song for two more days. After that, my DNA in you will start changing you. You understand? So, culture is not something that you learn in a video. It's not something that you learn in a book. It's not something that you learn by, sit down, let me tell you, let me teach you. You understand? Culture is something that you catch. It's caught. More than it's taught, it's caught. Do you understand? We have a value system that we believe in. And that value system, although many churches might look at us and say, these fellows are rowdies, but trust me, it's the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord. And it's super contagious. If they could just leave their religion for, a, for five minutes, just for five, give us five minutes, we'll change your life. Five minutes. So when we're building a church, when we're building the church, we're not building our club. We're building his church. This is his body. Do you understand? So for his body to manifest, his body needs his value. Do you understand what I'm saying? He, the church of Jesus Christ is not built on the opinion of the pastors and the leaders. It's built on the doctrines of Christ. The doctrines, the value systems that God, Jesus himself has given to this bride. He's given to his body. Those values is what really builds the church. And that's the church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. And that church is Life Church Global. Because you're sitting here not because you just want to listen to another message. You're sitting here because your DNA is being formed. 
Do you understand? Yeah. I'm speaking to you at that level because you must understand with, with your choice or not, you will change. With your permission or not, you will change. You can fight it, you can bite it, you can do whatever you want. Transformation is your portion. So when we, as the church of Jesus Christ, built on the foundation of his doctrine, his value system, okay? Are you okay with it? Everybody okay with that? Right? When we begin to understand that, heaven, and we begin to apply it in our life, heaven's atmosphere begins to fill any room that we enter into. See, let me tell you something. The atmosphere around you dictates what is in your DNA. The atmosphere around you, the atmosphere in your house, the atmosphere in your office should tell you whether you're part of this church or not. See, a, a lot of the times, we're pretty, we, have a, we have a church kind of behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we have a life church global kind of behavior. So we, whenever we're lifers, it's like, wow. <laughs> I was like, whoa, happy, everything, dancing, jumping, shouting, doing all that kind of stuff, saying amen, 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 right? And it's all good, it's all good, right? But then when you go home, huh? Where, what happens? Are you the same person that you were in Life Choice Global? The wrong section. <laughs> right? are, you the same, are you the same person that, that, that was in Life Choice Global? Right? I know these guys. I know these guys. Are. <laughs> uh, uh, doctor, are you the same yes. in your clinic as you at Life Church Global? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Can I give me a high five? Right? Are you the same? Are you the same person in church that's at home? Are you the same person who's in church that's at work? Ah, uh, hey, come on now. No, no, pastor, I cannot be, I cannot be joyful in the office. Huh? I have to be serious. But serious is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. No, you, that's when you say no. <laughs> no I'm, just, I'm just joking, man. Right? Serious is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Seriousness does not produce, is not productive. Seriousness is boring. Right? Seriousness is boring. So now, let's, let's say you're one type, one type of expression in the church. And then you're another type at home. And then a third type at the office. And then you're a third, fourth type in the market. Right? Now, please understand, that I know you're laughing, but there's, there's truth being about to be released. Okay? What happens is that in church, you're a super influence. Because now you're carrying the atmosphere of heaven. Everybody around you is treating you like, wow, you're like one of the angels. Your name's not John, your name's Michael. Michael, Archangel, Gabriel, something like that. You're like one of those, wow. Right? And then you go home and it's like as if like all the joy got sucked out of your life. It's like, hmm, sad, constipated face. <laughs> Cannot smile at your wife. Wake up in the morning, depressed. <laughs> right? 
Like as if your wife did not put any food in your plate. And you're looking at the plate going, uh, am I missing something here? Right? And the wife doesn't want to look at the husband. Husband doesn't want to look at the wife. We're going to deal with this tonight at the retreat. So it's good stuff. Right? And so here we have a situation now. The man or the woman in church is, has a value system. And now they're in church and wow, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Chin, 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 chin. <laughs> we, go to, we go home and then the wife says, uh, honey, we need to pay this bill. What is this bill? Why? Oh my God, please help us. I don't have any money. God, what is happening? Call the pastor. <laughs> That's the guy who can get it done. Do you know what you're doing at home? You're releasing an atmosphere of confusion. So your kids come next to you. Listen to me. This is why you're sending, keeping them at home. <laughs> your kids come next to you and instead of the atmosphere of heaven defining their DNA, it's the atmosphere of confusion that they're picking up on. So now you go to office. You go to your workplace, you go to your college, you go to your school, and you're hanging out with your friends in school, and, and, and there's a certain behavior. Oh, uh, you know, I hang out with that because I listen to hip-hop music, and then I listen, I'm hanging out with the hip-hoppers over there. And those hip-hoppers are not in the kingdom. They're oppers. They're opposite to the kingdom. <laughs> That's what they're. Oh, dear. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Right? So... You, you have these people that you're hanging out with and it, how do I know that? It's because you're not like church with your friends. Yeah. Yeah. You know the kitty parties, you know. Yeah, yeah. You have to be a certain type around them. You know, if you don't, if you're not like them, then, you know, you, yeah, they don't accept you in the kitty party so they have to, you have to, you know, change according to kitty over there <laughs> so that you can party with her, right? And so now what happens is that Kitty is getting confused around you because Kitty is picking up on confusion because you're not being like a lifer at Kitty party. Hello, am I speaking to anybody? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? You're going to the office and, you're, and your boss is coming next to you and he's getting confused because you're not a lifer at work. And so now he treats you with confusion because... The DNA on the inside of you should be manifesting life. But because you come under the influence of a recession, you come under the influence of a pressure of a sales target, you come under the pressure of, oh, I don't want to tell them that I'm a Christian because, you know, then they start treating me differently. <laughs> right? And so when that happens, then the people that come around you are super confused because your responsibility is to manifest the atmosphere of heaven at work, at home, when you're with your friends, at church. It's all the same because you can't treat church people different and your workmates different. You can't go to work and find out that a couple is getting divorced and say, oh, oh sad man, sad. I have a pastor who can pray for you. You want counseling? Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello? Do you understand what I'm saying? You know exactly what I'm talking about. See, what's happening there, your colleagues now are picking up on an atmosphere of confusion because you're meant to be a certain way and you're manifesting something else. That's called religion. You understand? 
That's called religion. And so Jesus now is beginning to teach his disciples and give them this value system. So I gave you only four that you have to practice this week. Right? I just gave you four. But we've been giving you values since the beginning of this church. And it's literally formed who we are. It's very important that we understand that when we come into a gathering, a community like this, there's a certain behavior that determines whether you're part of this atmosphere or not. Whether the, the, your DNA, whether you're a lifer or not. How many of you are lifers? Just put your hand up. Yeah. It's good, huh? You sure? So if you're a lifer, then behave like one. Come rain, come sunshine. Be a lifer. See, because the atmosphere of heaven is attracted to the value system that is in you. If you have a value for God's presence, God's word, God's people, then if you believe in it, then you start behaving like it. You can't treat people differently. Oh, he's Pastor John. I need to treat him. I have to talk to him like, you know. See, I, I like people partying, okay? Please don't get me wrong. I love people dancing, celebrating. But sometimes people are not themselves when I'm in the room. It's weird. It's, it's, just, a, it's just a weird feeling. And it's not making them awkward. It's making me feel awkward. Because I know they should be behaving like how I should be behaving. Do you understand? But it's causing us to be in confusion. And we're not being ourselves. So I don't have a problem with alcohol. I'm just letting you know. I don't have a problem with alcohol. And I don't have a problem with people drinking alcohol. That's between God and you. <laughs> I honestly don't. When we think, oh, not supposed, not our value system, brother. Just forget about it. Don't get, don't get, don't get into battles you're not meant to be in. So please. So I don't have a problem with alcohol. I don't have a problem with people drinking alcohol. Okay. Is that okay? Don't leave the church. Just letting you know. So, which means I don't walk around telling people, hmm. Don't drink, huh? <laughs> Listen, my name is not the Holy Spirit. He is the only one that can convict you. So let him do his job. I don't have to do my job, his job. Okay? So when we are in a community and, and there's all like party happening and everybody's, you know, all that kind of stuff and there's alcohol in the corner over there. And, you know, I'm sitting down, we're watching, enjoying everybody. And there's people who want to go there. They change their mind. They're like, <laughs> it's like it's like when I go to surge. When I go to surge, it's like all of us stuck up into the wall. If you only understand how wild your pastor is, you would be so free. You understand? I have to like, okay, come out, come out, come play, come play. It's like I walk into the room, it's like, oh, holiness. I have to be holy. Be holy. 
So it's like people go to the bar. It's like, you know, they think I don't know what's happening. I, I don't have to see what is happening. They go to the bar and they mix a drink that is colorless with orange juice. You know, and they walk, <laughs> they walk around like as if they're drinking. So I ask the question. I'm, I'm shameless like that. I ask the question, what are you drinking, man? <laughs> no, 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 pastor, just orange juice, orange juice. Right. Orange juice. Somehow that orange juice makes the leg to twitch a little. <laughs> it's like I need to, Pastor, I need a drink in order for me to speak. No, you don't need. That's rubbish. You don't need a drink. You need a drink of Jesus. I'm telling you, if you have a drink of Jesus, he is the most high. I mean, alcohol has no high compared to the most high. <laughs> the more, he gives you the biggest high that you can ever get. I'm telling you, if you, if you can only get addicted to his word, if you can only allow his value system to live on the inside of you, you will be on a permanent high all the time. You will be as high as the most high. It's very important that for us as a community, that every single person in this community behaves the same way. Oh, pastor, no, no, no. My personality is that I am... Timid. I would like to know. Please. You can message me also if you want. It's the third. <laughs> you, you, you can tell me, please. Show me where Jesus was timid. Show me where Jesus was, was an introvert. Show me where Jesus was fearful. Show me where Jesus did not participate at the, at the, at the wedding. Show me where Jesus did not make water into wine. Show me. Show me, please, show me, show me. Because if it's not in the value system of Jesus, you will not manifest heaven on earth. If, it, if you engage, if you allow your mind to be renewed by the values of Jesus, then, and you create a, and you believe in it, you will literally behave like Jesus on the earth. And when you behave like Jesus on the earth, you manifest this atmosphere around you. That everywhere you go, people are engaging with heaven. They're not engaging with their problems. They're engaging with heaven. You don't even have to preach. You don't even have to pray. You don't even have to lay hands on them. They get a direct impartation for their breakthrough from heaven to their life. But it's important that we understand the power that is in community. A power that all of us believe the same thing and practice the same values. We apply the same values. You can't be one person here and another person when you go to life group. Like when you go to life group and the life coach says, So, what did you think about the word this Friday? <laughs> it's like... Um, you know, um, um, Pastor John spoke on culture. 
And, <laughs> and he said that um, about the atmosphere. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Would you like a drink? You understand? Um, um, I was paying attention until he started making me laugh. Hey, what did he say? Hey, help, yaar, help, help. You know how we did it with, with the exams in church, uh, in, in school? Hey, hey. Please help no. I think I'm gonna fail. Otherwise, yeah, please, man. Help man. Right. <laughs> I know all of us are guilty of doing it. All of us. All of us. It's okay. <laughs> See, but that's the value system, you know. We when we're not like I'm I don't stand here as like wow, I'm better than you. Trust me, if you got to know me, you'll be like this. No, no, no. This, this man. <laughs> if, you, if, you would, if you only know how simple I am as a person and how simple my life is. My, my wife and I are so, such simple people that you would be like, like <laughs> they, only, only God can do this. Literally, trust me, only God is doing this. You know, I tell you, if you allow... If you allow God, his value system to begin to fill. You know why I speak? You know why I talk like this? It's because I know where I came from. I know what he did for me. And I know that his DNA is in me. And so I've got to share this with you because it's so important for us to not live an inferior life, but to live a superior life that God has called us to live. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul um, is talking about, sorry, 14, Paul is talking about the power of community. Everybody take a deep breath. That's the atmosphere of heaven right here. It's really good. Take another one. Have another. Have another one. Someone's shoulder pain is just being released right now. Take another, take another another breath, yeah. What happened to your lungs? They've opened up. Wow. wow. Just take another one. Just heal. Just, just being healed right now. Just see, this is the atmosphere of heaven that you're, you're inhaling right now. You're inhaling. Inhaling. So, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul is talking about the, the difference between tongues and prophecy. Okay, hang with me for, not hang, you know, just stand with me for a few minutes, but follow um, what I'm saying. Yeah. So Paul is talking about the difference uh, or there's a priority in the kingdom about speaking in tongues and prophecy. Okay, are you listening? Okay, this is, this is value, doctrine, okay? And you will value uh, each other after I say this. And he says, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, read it when you go home. Uh, he's saying orderly worship, okay? 
before he goes into orderly worship, he says, you know, um, uh, people think that speaking in tongues is a very spiritual act in public. And although it is a spiritual act, it adds no value to people around you. He's talking about being Christ-like and being Christ-like means being inclusive and, be, and paying attention to the people who are around you. you. You understand? So when we come to church, why do we sing songs that are on the wall? It's because we, we're building a value system. We're all together doing the same thing at the same time, which means we all come together to value God. Right? That's why we all, we have lyrics on the wall. Okay? So, so Paul is saying, when, when you're... When you're speaking when you're in church when you're with the community you are you you, you get everybody to speak in tongues and you're like do you know what I said even I don't know what I said that's what Paul is saying he's saying if you speak in the spirit even your mind does not comprehend what you just said so which means Paul is saying I speak in the spirit and I also think with my mind do you understand? Don't think that I'm condemning tongues or I'm saying it's not valid. I'm just saying that Paul says that speaking in tongues edifies the person. Edifies the spirit of the person. It strengthens the spirit of the person. But if you speak in tongues in a public environment in the community, if there is no one to interpret what has just been spoken, it adds no value to people. So when we understand that, He's saying, but earnestly seek to prophesy. Why? It's because prophecy adds language to the heart of God. So prophecy is taking the values that is in God's heart and from your heart, please listen to me, from, from God's heart, it enters into your heart and then it comes out of your mouth. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 15, he says, it's not what goes into the man that defiles him but it's actually what comes out of his because whatever's in your heart comes out of your mouth do you understand what I'm saying so which means if if there is something that can defile you that comes out of your heart out of your mouth then there is also something that can clean you that can come out of your heart let me let me explain it Paul says <laughs> Paul says that if I speak in a tongue this is heavenly tongues or another language if I come to uh, the Europeans here and I start speaking in Hindi would you know what I'm saying? nothing you wouldn't know what I'm saying how does it add value to you? which means I've got to conduct myself in a way that is Christ-like that includes everyone because there's a power in this community. Please listen to me. There's a power in this community. And so Paul is saying, eagerly seek to prophesy. Why? Is because to prophesy, you need to be connected to the heart of the Father. You're connected to the DNA. Listen to me. You're connected to the DNA of Jesus. Why? Because prophecy edifies, it encourages, and it exhorts the people around you. Prophecy does not put fear in people's hearts. Prophecy encourages people. See now, there's a difference between the the gift of prophecy and the office of the prophet. The office of the prophet creates things for you. He doesn't come to encourage you. 
So when a person is in the office, they would say something like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm opening doors for you. I'm creating, you'll get two interviews and I'll take the second one because the second one is what God wants you to take. Please, you, you understand? It's creating jobs, creating finances, creating wealth, creating opportunity for people. The people who are called into the office. But for everybody else who's not in the office, you may all prophesy. That prophecy is to encourage, to edify, and exhort one another. That prophecy is a gift that God gives to the body, the community, so that we can encourage one another. We can edify one another. We can exhort one another. But at the same time, because you're in this house, because you're in this house, because you're connected to the DNA that is in the office. Please understand what I'm saying. You can create the future that God has for you. You understand? You can step out and say, well, I'm going to release a promotion in my life. I release a new job in my life. I open doors for new jobs. Why? It's because you, are, you have the value system of the house in you. Do you understand? You're not begging for a prophetic word. You're releasing life. You're releasing life. Constantly you're releasing life. And so Paul is saying, listen, when you all come together, it's okay if you want to speak in tongues, but it doesn't add value to people. Let your worship be in such a way that adds value to the person who's next to you. That's why I keep saying it. Your breakthrough is in the person who's standing next to you. It's not in my hand, but it's in your hand. It's in the person. If you don't have relationship with the person next to you, my God, you're walking away from this room without a breakthrough. So, so Paul is, is saying this. He's saying when you come together, consider each other. Conduct yourself in a way that places a value on the person or the people that are in this room. Consider the kids. Consider the, the crew team that set this up. Consider the, 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 the kids' teachers. Consider the staff at this hotel. Consider this, this place. Look after the chairs. Look after the instruments. Look after all of it. You know why? Because it adds value to the community. It brings us all together. Then Paul goes on to say this. He says, when a new person comes into this house, this is biblical, you can read it for yourself. When a person who comes into this community for the first time, hears not only John prophesying, but hears everyone prophesying. Everyone prophesying. Everyone prophesying. Everyone. This is a prophetic environment. I'm prophesying over you now. Everyone prophesying. When a newcomer comes into an environment where he goes to one person and they're giving him hope. He goes to another person, they're encouraging him. He goes to another person and they're exhorting him. He constantly is being encouraged by every single person. There's no room for gossip. There's no room for bitterness. There's no room for unforgiveness. There's no room for rubbish in the house of God. It's only prophecy, 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 prophecy. That's when that person is convicted by God. Not by the people. He's convicted by God. He's convinced that God is in this place. 
you can read these are the words that Paul is saying he's convicted by God he's convinced that God is in this place why it's because all of his stuff has been exposed hello all of his flaws are being exposed we're not walking around exposing people's flaws we're just saying hey there's a better way the better way you, you come around us that's full of joy what, what does that mean depression is being exposed when, you, when, you're, when you're full of life sickness is being exposed so you're talking full of life you're prophesying I prophesy and declare that you will live and not die what are you telling that person you're saying that I know that you're sick but I know that you're being healed I know that you will have life on the inside of you I know that you don't have money. That's why I'm prophesying that you will never live in lack ever again. Come on. Well, wait, we can't be in this place. Oh, you have that problem? Okay, let me pray for you. No, no, we wait. We don't wait. Sorry, we don't wait. We just go straight and give you the answer. I prophesy and give you hope. I prophesy and encourage you. I prophesy and exhort you. I lift you up. I give you hope. I speak with life. I speak with light. I have the energy of Elohim on the inside of me. I'm going to release that impartation onto you. We're constantly full of energy. We're not depressed. We're full of life. That's when that person is convinced. These people are the same in church. The same when they actually they get a little more louder when they go outside of church. And when they go and take over a restaurant after church, it's like they don't want to leave that place. Say, I don't know what is it, what is about this place. I have, I have to spend literally an entire day with these people. How amazing. How amazing. That you don't have to consider your problems when you're with lifers. But you have to, you're only full of hope. You go to life group and you're full of hope. You go to, you go to, you're hanging out with people in the mall over coffee. You're full of hope. Fully encouraged. And this happens when everybody eagerly seeks to prophesy. I don't know what you've believed in your life. Whether prophecy was only meant for prophets and people, pastors and you know, top, top, top. Jumeirah Jane's. But I want to tell you, I want to break that over your life. If you seek to prophesy, prophesy. You will prophesy. You will prophesy. 